The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Officially Unofficial Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Junta. We are joined by a longtime, longtime friend of the show. He recently made his debut with the Kansas City Royals. He's a show guy. And he's currently driving to Arizona right now. This is a live road trip edition of an episode. Jonathan Heasley, what's up, brother? How we doing, man? How we doing? I'm doing great. I think this might need to be like a new segment, like on the road with officially unofficial. I don't know. Just start yeah, we there. should. Maybe be, we'll both like. Maybe, I mean, maybe not the maybe not the safest idea in the world, but you know, I'm out here on just one straight road for like 350 more miles, so I think we'll we'll be all right. Are you like? I I just I, I gotta know, man. I mean, the craziest thing here is like you're just driving by yourself solo rip no wife nothing yeah i'm going solo right now my wife is she's gonna meet me out here it's probably better for the both of us that we don't spend 15 hours in the car together it's 15 hours yeah 15 hours i left at like um 6 30 this morning i'm five hours out so we're making we're crushing it yeah you love to see it you absolutely love to see it so let's go into this now i mean there's an elephant in the room if it's commercial, you're not taking it anymore, right? I mean, you're a private jet guy now. Let's let's just address, address the <laughs> elephant in the room here. You're a private jet guy. Let's go into it. What was the private jet like? Was that the first time you've ever been in one, or like what? What's the deal here with that? That now? was yeah. It was the first time. Um, I mean, it's all thanks to my friend and teammate Bobby Wood Jr. Who's I ducking this podcast? Like... Who's ducking the podcast? By the way, let's <laughs> let's go into that. <laughs> So, yeah, it was basically a uh, company kind of wants him to be like a spokesperson or whatever. And they were like, hey, we got some tickets and then we're going to fly you guys up here on a private jet. And I was like, all right, I'm all in. So what's the private jet nice life? What's the private jet life like? Um, it was pretty cool. It was, I mean, it's just like you show up and somebody, you like valet your car, you, they take your bag, you're on the plane. So, I mean, you show up like, you can show up like 10 minutes before the flight and you're on time. You don't have to worry about like security or anything. And then. It's like, it's fast. Like when you take off, I, it feels kind of like you're in a rocket ship, but then like, once you get up there, you're so high and it's just super smooth. So it was pretty cool. Was that like a regular thing for Bobby? Like, was he just like, whatever, like, this is just like no, normal no, no. shit his, that I did. It was his first time too. 
Well, it won't be his last. So, the, I could, so, I, so yeah. So now I can say in like ten years, like I was on Bobby Wood Jr.'s first private jet ride. So that is a good call. That's back. something you tell your grandkids about. That's something you tell your grandkids about. Yeah. Bobby Wood might be dead to me. He might like listen. Nick Lodolo <laughs> has integrity. Lodolo will come on the pod when him and I go toe to toe. But Bobby Wood, that dude's been ducking this. I've I wanted him on the pod before, way before this fucking guy was on was in the show. So he might be dead to me. I He's might you might. Him. You might hear some booze when you guys play in Toronto. It might just be me. So just prepare yourself there for that. That's all I want to say. But um, <laughs> let's go into another elephant in the room that we got to talk about. You puked again on a big league mound this time. What happened, man? Like, let's let's go into that. How did that happen? Um, so I've unfortunately done this before. This isn't yeah. the first time that it's, yeah. it's the first time it's happened at the big league level. Um, and I was, you know, I was feeling pretty good. Like maybe I got over it and it's never going to happen in the big leagues, but it's one of those things where I like, don't really have like a real explanation. Like I felt fine. And then it's like, all of a sudden it just hits me. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, a little bit of adrenaline, a little bit of nerves and probably a little too much caffeine kind of all hitting me at once. And sometimes that's, that's the result. But this was the first time too, that like, usually it's one, like one and done. Like I get it out and I'm fine. But this yeah. was like three, several times, and then it got to the point where I had to get taken out of the game because the manager was like, I can't keep coming out here every, you know, 10 pitches, <laughs> putting the pause in the game. So it was it was tough. Dude, the funniest part was, like, wh- what did your teammates say to you? Because obviously they've probably never seen that shit before because they weren't with you in the minors when you were doing that. What were your teammates well, saying some- to you? Funny enough, most of the guys, we were so young. I think we had all, like, a bunch of young guys starting that night. So, like, most of the guys in the infield were there or had seen what happened the first time. But they were all just, like, laughing because they know it's not, like, anything serious. But that's what pisses me off is I'm, like, so pissed because I know, like, I'm fine, but I just can't stop myself from throwing up. I'm just trying to pitch. It's frustrating. It's a tough look. I mean, it was all time. It was, like, it was like trending on Twitter because yeah. you were just going absolutely crazy on that mound. But. Do you know when you're going to do that, yeah, though? Like, like it, do you have, like, a hunch like, before a pitch? Or, like, how how does that happen? Oh, yeah. I feel it coming at some point, yeah. So, like, what do I was you do? Trying, like, like, I know you I can feel pause it coming, a baseball so, like, I'm game. trying. No, so I just try and get I mean, I don't know. Because if I try and throw a pitch and I'm, like, about to gag, then I'm going to get, like, a balk call or something. But at the same time, it's like I'm just trying to get back in the dugout. And hopefully I can figure it out in there. But. <laughs> it's tough. What did I got? A, was... I got a. Uh, I got some medication now that's uh, hopefully taking care of it. It's like an anti-nausea medicine, so I think I sh- I should be all right. Hopefully. Yeah, well, I mean, we can only hope. Um, the cre- <laughs> that is fucking absurd. But like, what did Sal Salvi was catching you, right? Oh yeah, he was just like laughing. He thought it was disgusting and funny. It was just, he was just like, what's going on right now? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's absurd. So let's go into your debut here. So obviously I don't think we had you on after your debut or have had you since you had your debut. Let's go into the nerves, man. I mean, obviously you're a puke guy, as we know. What were the <laughs> nerves like, man? How, I mean, how, how were you um, controlling that stuff? It's just like, I mean, I feel like you've probably had the same answer multiple times, but you just can't really describe the feeling. And I, convinced like there's nothing you can do to prepare for the feeling so it's like you just gotta go out there and try and do as much as you can to minimize it but it's just gonna happen and I feel like that's why I mean as a pitcher I feel like it's kind of different because like especially as a starting pitcher and you're starting at home like all eyes are kind of on you so it's like 
for a pitcher's debut instead of a guy coming up in the second inning hitting eight hole, you know, it's like a little bit different. But it was definitely like couldn't feel my legs, like I couldn't feel anything for definitely the first first inning. Um, my first warm up pitch actually was like so bad, like hit the backstop in the air and Salvi like didn't even move to try and catch it. It was so bad. So that was a nice little welcome to the big league right there. My very first warm up pitch, just absolutely the worst pitch maybe I've ever thrown. Yeah, I mean that's just the show for you, but dude, I mean last year was such a year of like ups and downs for you. I mean you start off against Texas and just fucking carve, but um, what like when when things were going wrong for you, like what do you think it was? Was it like your mental mindset? Was it just you weren't able to locate stuff? Like what what, what happened during yeah, those, think, some of those starts? I think it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just all about consistency now at, at this level. Like you just got to be able to find a way to go repeat it every time you go out there. And obviously it's hard to do, but I mean, that's why you're there pretty much like you're there, you're there for a reason, but I think it was, yeah. And I don't know if I would necessarily say it was mental, but I was just making, I would make too many mistakes. And I think also some of that was probably just like pitch usage and um, some more stuff I've kind of been able to dive into in the off season. So I think I'm, I learned so much. Like I feel like you just learned so much getting experience. There's no other way to really prepare for it besides kind of going through some stuff. And like you said, there are a lot of ups and downs, but I feel like I learned more last year than I probably had in my whole professional career. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, but you like kind of, you toned down the walks though. Like at the end of, uh, I believe it was June. Yeah. yeah. At the end of June, yeah, you kind of figured it out there. So like what, what kind of clicked Remember for you? I got called up. I think, I think I got caught up in like trying to make like the perfect pitch. And like, if I make a mistake, these guys are going to just murder it. So I just like was nibbling a little bit, like trying to be too fine. And then I'm walking guys. And then I do come in the zone and I give up three run homework because I walked two guys on. So it's just like, I think I got to the point where like I had a conversation with one of our coaches and he was like, look, listen, he was like, you're going to throw one of these games soon. He was like, you're going to not have anything going on. You're going to throw five balls down the middle and they're all going to be out. And you're going to realize you don't be afraid to just, you know, challenge these guys. Like they're, if they go three for 10, they're in the hall of fame. Like, so just basically I kind of got over that, like feeling of having to make the perfect pitch or they're going to hit a home run and felt like I was just kind of got on the attack more and the results and everything else was, was much better for sure. And let's go into, I, I think mean, it's more, what were you saying? I was going to say, I think it's more about like the conviction on my end and like just having the confidence, like, Hey, my stuff's good enough to get these guys out. Like, you know, you're, you're here for a reason, like just kind of, and then, you know, once you string or have that one outing that kind of gives you the confidence to carry you the rest of the way, honestly. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, and I want to talk about that injury you had last year. Cause I knew, listen, I'm not like a fucking genius by any means, but when you were, th- I th- I'm trying to remember what game it was. You you threw a pitch, and I think it was like 86 on the gun against Texas. Yeah, I, I was like, "What yeah. the fuck is this dude doing?" And then next thing you know, you're out of the game. <laughs> Did you know before that that you were like your your arm was was fucked? Like, what happened there? I I knew like I knew something was was up. Like I just felt like it wasn't coming out, but like, I wasn't ever really in pain. It was more just like, I couldn't let it go. Like I felt like I just couldn't let it rip. And it was like, because I was in no pain, I was like, I'm fine. I was like, I guess this is just what I got today. You know, we're going to have to find a way to make it work. But like even the catcher, when I was done with my bullpen, I think it was MJ, maybe not Salvi that game. And he was just like, dude, are you all right? Cause I usually, you know, like try and let a few rip, especially at the end of my bullpen before the game, just to get it going. But 
it was just a weird feeling because I wasn't in pain because if I was in pain, I would have said something like, Hey, like something's, something's not right. But I was just kind of like, well, well, let's go see what happens. Like can't ruin the bullpen. I mean, I ended up ruining it anyways, but it was more just like, I think fatigue than anything, honestly, just kind of that halfway point through the year, probably a little more high stress than I've ever had to handle in my career. So I think it was just probably a little mixture of that. Who knows what else, but. Cause Amir said, I, I went out to dinner with Amir the week after and he said, um, you just had like dead arm. Like he said, he was watching you in the bullpen. He was like screaming yeah. and he was like saying to like the bullpen coach, like, what is he doing out here? Like, what is he doing on the mound still? He's throwing like 86. Like, did you yeah. know, or is like, so now you know what that arm feels like now. How like describe how that feels. Like you mentioned not being able to like let go of the ball or stuff like that. But how did it like what was your body telling you when you were throwing that ball? Was it like my arm? You just couldn't feel your arm or like what was happening? It was just like it was just like my shoulder, it was all on my shoulder. My shoulder was just like really tight, and I felt like I was throwing the ball as hard as I could, and it was just coming out of like 87. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm broken. I threw a fastball. And I looked up at the thing and it said change up 86. And I was like, all right, this is like, this is not good. But why did you pitch the inning though? Like what, what made you want to do that? Cause like, because, it was, I mean, I wasn't, wild. In, I wasn't, I wasn't in pain, but I was just trying to do my job. I don't know. It was like, it's just hard to just be like, ah, oh, I'm out. But How, what, maybe that would have been, maybe if I, if, if I, it was against the Rangers. I'm pretty oh, sure I yeah. gave up a, I know Simeon hit a bomb. I don't know what else happened. Oh, yeah. Like okay, six, July. It I was June like, 28th. Cause, yeah, because you were supposed to like, come to Toronto the week after that. Cause I it was, was like six, run, six runs and an inning and a third or something like that. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> that is fucking wild. I can't believe you pitched with that shit, bro. That is crazy. Like – did, was your was guys coming up to you like in the middle of this inning when you were like when they were looking at the because obviously the infielders are looking at the radar guns and stuff yeah. like that like were guys coming up yeah, to you after, saying like are you okay after that one I threw that said change up and because the uh, middle infielders have the pitch com so they know like he knew a fastball was called and then the change up came up he came and was like are you all right I was like I think so I just I don't know <laughs> stop feeling it today I guess. <laughs> Dude, I, I can't but, believe you pitched in a big league game with a fucking dead arm. That's the craziest shit I've ever yeah, well, heard. It didn't, go, it didn't go very well, so I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to the kids listening out there. But, dude, I no, mean, the craziest like part about practice. that is that, like, is not talked about. And I, I could have the dates wrong here. I, I don't think I do. But the week after, you pitch against Houston, go six with one run. What the fuck? Well, wait, are you sure? I don't think you were pitching against Texas then, man, when you did that, when you had the dead arm. Are you sure? It, are you sure was, it wasn't I against Cleveland? Was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was against Cleveland. I... One and yeah. one third. Yeah, because the Texas game, you you went three and two thirds. But that was but like a period. Like six runs, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we had the dates mixed up. So it was July 9th against Cleveland you did that. Yeah, it was Cle Cleveland, yep. Yeah, and then you faced the and then you had you've had to face the Yankees twenty one days later. Your arm was probably came still off, in fucking Neptune I, when you were pitching that game. I came off my first. Yeah, I was supposed to have maybe one more rehab start, and then somebody else got hurt up top, so I had to go start in New York. I was like, oh, awesome. Yeah, at Yankee Stadium. I mean, that is just a fucking. Yeah. I mean, that's a nightmare. It was sick though. I didn't even. I mean, I gave up. Uh, 
couple homers, I think, but the one that Judge hit was like one of 30 ballparks. It was a home run. Yeah, that's just the uh, – He was cup- also on – he was also on Neptune for the yeah, whole that's season. A, so. That's a cupcake. That's a cupcake stadium. But dude, then, then I mean, you bounced yeah. back pretty well, though. I mean, the month in the month of August, you you had like a three ERA, kind of carved, kind of subtle. I mean, you were facing good teams too. I mean, I guess you faced the Padres, the White Sox, and the D backs. But was that like? Did you feel the best in August? Because looking at your starts here, I mean, kind of minimized your walks a little bit, and you're facing. Yeah, like I a feel like I lineup. I got in a pretty good groove in August and even into like, I think my, I threw against the Red Sox in September and I kind of just had this like stream of games where I was just like really pounding the zone and I was just getting like, I wasn't necessarily punching a lot of guys out, but I was getting a lot of just like weak contact and it was great. And I think that that helped me realize like, Hey, look, look what's happening. Like, because I feel like, you know, as a, sometimes you get so caught up and wanting to strike everybody out and like, you're going to have run into some high pitch counts and a lot of walks if you're just nibbling, trying to strike all these guys out because they don't chase just, you know, like any random off-speed pitch. So I think that helped me realize, like, look, like when you attack the zone and execute quality pitches, like these guys, they can get themselves out. Like if you execute a quality pitch, it works anywhere against anybody. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, I mean, you face some absolute freaks of teams here. I mean, you went up against the Diamondbacks. You faced the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. You faced the Astros in Houston. What was the hardest lineup you faced in your entire career so far? Like the best lineup where it's like there's not a really an easy out in this entire lineup. Um, it probably would have been the Yankees if they were fully healthy, but they didn't have everybody at the time. But honestly, when we faced the Angels, they were nasty. Their lineup, their one through their one through four or five was probably I would argue like one of the best at the time. It was they had Ward Taylor Ward leading off, and then it went. I can't remember who the two hole was. It was Ward somebody. Then you have Trout Otani. Maybe it was that Brandon Marsh kid before he got traded. Yeah, but they were they were solid, and it was like you just get the lineup so scary because once you get to like eight and nine. You're just like trying not to think about putting guys on for Trout and Otani to come up because it's like you never know if they're gonna hit. A, I mean, they can hit a bomb at any second. Well, I mean, Tr- Otani got you. We got to talk about um, that after. I mean, it was yeah, pretty deep in yeah, the game, though. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah it was it pretty was deep like in the game, inning, though. I, I mean, it was like what inning I was, was it? I was throwing. Re- I was throwing really well, and I did exactly what I just said. I was. I think I had the top of the order, and I was so worried about one and two. And I think I walked them both, and then Otani hit a freaking three-run jack. Yes. I, okay, because at that point of the game, you guys were up 6-1, I believe. It was the sixth. Yeah, we. this is when Otani had the best two days of professional sports history. Eight RBIs, right? Yeah, he had eight RBIs. Yeah, he had eight RBIs and then punched out 13 the next day. That, I mean, so let's talk about Otani in the box. How intimidating is this fucking guy? I mean, this guy is tall as fuck. He's fast He's as just, fuck. Yeah. And he mashes. Like when he him him and um Jordan Alvarez and maybe not as much judge, but still judge, like when you're looking in the box, it just looks like there's nothing that you I, I'm throwing that they can't get to. <laughs> like it looks like he can just reach every single thing I throw. And they do for the most part. They're just different. Some guys you literally just have to Honestly, hope they hit it hard at somebody. <laughs> what? That's a good point. When you when you watch that though, so for example, like when you gave up that uh, nuke to uh, Otani, 
Were you after the game, like when you watch the film, are you like, holy shit, he shot on that baseball? Like, do you, uh, oh, did you yeah. ever, like, at one point yeah, look that... back and be like, wow? Yeah, that one was a bomb. I think it was 425 I was just, feet. I, I, could, I could live with the home run if it was a solo home run and I didn't walk the two guys before. That's the part that really pisses me off. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, I, it, it just, especially that... if it's at the point, like you said, if that would, like, if he hits a solo homer, it's still six to two, like, it's still a long ways to go, but yeah. And, and we're talking about the walks here. I it mean, happens. Yeah, and we're talking about the walks. What What are you doing right now this off season to kind of like minimize that, or like, is there certain things that like a, a pitching coach or maybe someone online, uh, like I know Co- Codify does a really good job helping people out. Um, yeah, they something... do a lot of good stuff. I think as far as like scouting goes, um, I know a lot of guys have used it. I mean, Amir uses it. it a little bit. Amir yeah, uses it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen like I've seen some of how what it looks like and I, it's really good stuff um but i think it's i think it's all about just like the i mean i'm just like working on command like i'm just trying to pound the zone and like just pound the edges because i think like that's the thing for me even if it's even if i wasn't walking guys i would fall into some trouble i think just like leaving balls over the plate too much and like that's why i think some of like i gave up a decent amount of home runs last year just because i think i so many mistakes but it's just frustrating because, like, when I don't make mistakes, I do pretty well. Like, not trying to sound like brag. No, I mean you like, carved. I mean that that's the result you had against like, when I when I execute pitches and like have my stuff going. Like, it, it's all it's the results have been good. So it's about just eliminating eliminating those mistakes. Like even on days I am throwing really well, like that Angels game, and then all of a sudden two walks a home run, and that day looks terrible now. So it's like just finding ways to eliminate those, those small mistakes, like, cause they can change every, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, and the kind of game that kind of put you on the map was that appearance you had against the Orioles where you went like seven scoreless with one hit. How fucking unreal did that feel? To go a little seven scoreless. Yeah. I think you got a Gatorade bath after the game. Just absolutely. You're coming out party in the big leagues. How did that feel to go seven scoreless against the Orioles? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, that was kind of that game that I was talking about earlier that kind of like you have one of those games or one of those moments that kind of give you the confidence to like realize like even on the bad days, like you can look back and be like, Hey, like, remember what you did here? Like you belong, like you can. So it's like, I think it's really just getting the more, the more experience you can get, the better off you're going to be. But like that night for sure was pretty cool. And definitely one I'll remember just kind of the whole, like you said, kind of little, First time I kind of had like a really good game, so it was, it was pretty cool. Let's talk about your teammate here because I, I know Amir tells me all the time, like you not not that you guys didn't have culture, you guys just didn't have enough veterans to kind of show people how to act in big league locker rooms and I guess stuff like that, like rookies doing stuff and all that type of stuff. What's what kind of role does Amir play in that locker room of like the veteran presence? I think he has four or five years now of Showtime. What's the kind of veteran yeah, presence yeah. that dude plays? He's awesome with the young guys. I mean, I remember from even when, like, obviously, because he just came in and, you know, the middle of spring training last year, he got traded. So it wasn't like he had much time to settle in. But, um, I mean, I remember from early on, he was just always super, like, obviously, you know, his personality, like, he might kind of rub people the wrong way sometimes. But at the end of the day, he's just, like, straight up. And, I mean, he cares about – I watched him care for so many of these younger guys, um, you know, especially some of the guys in the bullpen that – um, just like the impact he's had on them, I know has been huge. And like, he's just super, obviously he's been through it a lot more than we have. So he, um, you know, gives good advice and like, doesn't like 
like, yeah, he's got time. Like, we obviously are going to respect that, but he's not, like, over the top, like, you know, trying to boss us around and that kind of stuff. It's a good good kind of in-between of, like, not letting guys get away with stuff, but also, like, being very welcoming and, like, kind of trying to show you the ropes. What's one thing you learned about, about, like, being in the show that's maybe an off-field thing, just being a rookie, that you didn't realize? Like, is it – I know – for example, that usually the older guys are like not obligated, but they always are allowed. Like they're always the first ones allowed to be in the weight room or they work out before the rookie. Like what's some things like some etiquette, like big league etiquette that you could tell, like tell people. I mean, there's just like the best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah, there's just like some small things that like are just like unwritten rules. Like nobody really says it, but like you just kind of do it. And I mean, some guys as rookies, like may think they're like bigger than the program and like try and not do everything. But from my point of view, it's like, I don't, there's no telling how many guys have done this before. So like the least I can do is carry a beer bag onto the bus for the guys, you know? So it's just like small stuff. Like you shouldn't have any problem doing it, but I think it's cool just that like you carry the tradition and then like one day, hopefully I'm one of those veteran guys and, you know, you get to experience it on the other end. So I think it's just kind of a, one of those situations where you kind of got to pay your dues. And I think it's kind of cool. It's not like hazing, like you literally, you know, carry a bag of beer onto the bus or like you said, like, you walk in the weight room and there's three vets in there or you're in the hot tub and Selby walks in, you should probably get out and, you know, let them have this time before the game. So it's just one of those things where you kind of just have to get a feel for it. And then obviously as time goes on, it kind of fades away. But like you said, I think it's cool just to kind of have these small things that are just kind of respect to the guys that came before us, I guess. And I want to talk about a guy that's playing in Toronto because he kind of has, he's like an everyday guy that deserves to be an everyday guy. That's getting that's that, that hit like three Oh six, I think in the month of September, what was Whit Merrifield like as a teammate? Cause he's obviously a veteran guy. I've heard he's a little bit quiet though, but what was he like as a teammate when you during your time there? Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a little, a little quiet, but honestly not like once you kind of get to know him, like you kind of, um, he's awesome. Another guy, like I, I honestly can't say that there's one guy I've played with so far that I've been like, Oh dude, like this guy sucks or anything. Like I feel like I've been very fortunate to be in the spot I am with the team we have just as far as obviously a lot of us are young now. So I've played with a decent majority of the guys, but even the, the older guys like AG and um, with even like when I remember the first, my debut um, when it like came up to me after like, I gave up like four runs or something and he was just like, Hey dude, like congrats. But like, he was like, you're going to win a lot of games for this team one day. Like just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. So just like small stuff like that coming from 
kind of, you know, a veteran guy like that means a lot, especially to a young player, I think. Um, but like I said, everybody so far has been like super, super friendly and great teammates. So what's, I always ask this question on the podcast, but what's like an off field thing that's like, this is the show. A lot of people talk about like, um, just the accessibility of everything. You can have anything at the snap of a finger. What's your thing where it's like, I'm in the show right now, off field though, not on field, but like uh, behind the scenes type of stuff. Uh, I think probably just like the hotels and flights. It's just like totally, I mean, coming from the minors, it's just such a big adjustment, but it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just like the hotel, like you're just everywhere you go, you're staying at like pretty much the nicest hotel in the city. It seems like, and you got your own room, king bed, like, it's just, you're free. You don't have to sleep next to any, some random guy on the, in the queen bed next to you at the Fairfield Inn. Like, you know. Dude, that hotel you guys were staying at in Toronto, like I picked a mirror up at it. Holy fuck, dude. I, I, mean, I know. I wish I, I wish I was there. Did the guy, were the guys pumping the tires at Toronto? Like, did, did your team like it or what? Oh yeah. They said it was sick. Dude. Yeah, I, I was pissed. I didn't get to go. Everybody said how like it's one of their favorite spots, but. Hopefully we'll be back. I don't know. I haven't. I don't know if we're going this year or not. Yeah, I think you are. Yeah, I mean the Royals always come here. Um, All right, what I'll was try, your favorite? Make the trip. Yeah, what's your favorite city you've been to so far? Um, I think as far as like baseball wise, like stadium, like pitching at Fenway was definitely the the coolest experience so far. But as far as like maybe just the trip in general, we had like a we had a ten day trip to California. Where we played. San Francisco, Oakland, and the Angels. And um, we played San Francisco first, but we stayed in San Francisco even when we played Oakland just because they didn't want to – I guess we didn't want to stay close to Oakland. Um, so we were in the same hotel for like seven days in downtown San Francisco, and then we go from there to the Angels, and we stayed like right on Huntington Beach and this like beach hotel. It was, it was a sweet trip. Dude, that that's rock star shit. That's the show, man. I it, just some of the stories, like even something as little as like when Matzik told me you can get unlimited hoodies if you want. Like you can just get a hundred like Kansas City oh, yeah. Royals hoodies. Like you just say to the club, I need a hoodie and he'll just drop off like three in your locker. That's the coolest part. Yeah, it's, it's crazy for sure. Like how many Royals? It's gear, crazy. The Royals, like do you it's take crazy, advantage of that? I mean, I don't get a ton, but like, I mean, you get so much already, like. And I don't like. It's not like I really wear it in the off season. I mean, maybe every once in a while I wear some stuff when I work out, but I'm not. not I'm not like rocking my Royals hoodie, you know, to the bar or anything. Well, yeah, uh, I would. But... I would. Be, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I give a lot of it to my brothers and my dad. Like they're all close enough to me in size, so I just usually give a lot of like the sweat, especially the sweatshirts and stuff, because like I probably have fifteen of them since I've started playing. So I just give them to everybody, pretty much. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's unfucking real. But I mean, so what? What have you been working on this off season? Like, what's one thing you could tell the people that you've kind of added to your arsenal? Are you working on a new pitch? Have you changed stuff? Like, what do you do? What have you worked on? Um, I'm working on a little bit of different kind of slider. I feel like my. I'm really trying to. I'm working on something that I can get more swing and miss to righties. I just feel like uh, my slider, like as a pitch, like wasn't terrible, but the results wise, it just wasn't really good last year. So I think having that, like, because in games, you know, 
I feel like my changeup was kind of always there. Like I could kind of rely on that in like sticky situations, but um, my breaking ball is working. So that way more consistent, kind of a different different look on the slider as well. Um, so we'll see. I'm excited to get out to Arizona and throw it to some hitters and try and get some feedback on it. So hopefully we'll see how it goes. Are you going to, and listen, this is me being a fucking big brain guy here. Are you going to implement your uh, curveball more? I Or your, sorry, not your curveball, your changeup? Yeah. Because your expected batting average against on your changeups, 236, stack guy Johnny. Is that a pitch you're going to be throwing a little bit more next year? Because, I mean, that, that'll fucking play a little 236 opponent average yeah, against think, it. I think there's definitely going to be some differences in my usage this year. I think last year, I mean, I, lo- I do love my, I love my fastball, but. If you love your fastball too much, it's going to get hit. Especially, I feel like that's what I make my most mistakes with. So, I think I'll definitely probably um, work on focusing on a little more off speed and try and even out those numbers a little more. I think I was like almost 60% fastballs last year. So, I'm going to have to get that down for sure. Yeah, you were 45% fastball. But are you, and listen, I'm a Heasley guy, right? But are we banging the sinker next year? I'm looking at the stats here against the sinker. Are we banging that motherfucker? Is that gone? Dude, a, a sinker is – so I, I don't throw a sinker. That just means I threw a bad fastball that probably ran from <laughs> the glove side right back to the middle of the plate, and that's the mistakes that I'm talking about. So baseball savant did you dirty here because they said you throw yeah. a sinker and well, your opponent average against it's 405. So what's the deal yeah, with well, that, baseball savant? I, I mean, how many total sinkers does it have on there, like – 61 than, yeah i don't throw that that's not a real pitch <laughs> that's a bad that's a really bad pitch by me is what it is baseball savant has fumbled sinker. the bag bro i mean they're doing you dirty with this sinker you can honestly when you go into the meetings next year like people like the royal stat nerds you got to just say to the the press and like the media yeah i banged the sinker and they'll be like oh fuck. yeah i don't He's back in the sinker. He never existed. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's because I get like a little more horizontal movement on my fastball, and once you get over a certain number, it automatically registers as a sinker. But those are also the worst fastballs I throw that have that much run, so they register as sinkers. Yeah, you just. I mean, baseball savant just absolutely disrespecting with that shit. You just. I'll get it fixed. <laughs> I'll get it fixed. Thank you, thank you. But you rank in the, like the top seventy. I mean, you're in like the top thirty percentile for spin on your curveball. Like, is that a pitch you're going to be throwing more now? Because I mean, your opponent batting average against it was two thirty four. So, like, are you going to start yeah, working a, on that thing? Yeah, I, I, I mean, my curveball has kind of always been my best pitch, but for some reason, kind of like middle to end of last year was it got like a little slower and it started getting, especially to righties, like it just wasn't like maybe yeah, I could sneak one in on like a first pitch strike or something like that but it wasn't getting like the swing and miss that I usually do when it's like anywhere from like 81 to 83 is probably when it's its best but I was throwing like 78 at the end of the year and it was either just getting hit or they just weren't even swinging at it because it was just so too big almost but I think honestly part of that was just like fatigue so that's another thing I've been working on is just getting that the velo back up on that it's like nowadays basically the harder the harder you can throw it with the most movement is the best pitch ever. So it's like everybody's just trying to throw it as hard as they can and make it move as much as they can. What's uh, what what fan base? Because you played in some hostile environments, obviously Yankee Stadium and stuff like that. 
When you're warming up in the pen, what fan base gave it to you the worst this year? Like, just was in your fucking ear hole the entire time. The Yankees. Really? Yeah, for sure. What were they saying? Well, let's let's nip this in the well, butt. So, let, let, let's get some is, of the old. This is pretty. Here. It's honestly pretty funny. But I, so this was like my first start, like we said, coming off of rehab. And so they were like, um, some guy was like, right. I mean, because I was warming up pretty close to the wall, and some guy was like right there. I mean, they're all yelling like, "Who are you?" Like, we've never heard of you. Blah blah blah. Like, my ERA like was not great at the time, so they were talking about that. And then some guy was like, um. Yeah, we're gonna get you like sent straight back down to AAA or something. And then I was kind of like laughing, and then sure enough, I pitched that game and got sent down to AAA the next day. So I was like, <laughs> "Damn, I got got me good." <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start the narrative. By the way, I'm looking at your stats here. I'm not a stat guy, but we're gonna start the narrative that you're the best be- bases loaded pitcher in baseball. A little point four three whip with the bases loaded. We're not gonna talk about how many innings you pitched with it. Not it, right. it was only it was only two. It was only two. But um, two <laughs> innings pitch, .43 whip with the bases loaded. I mean, do you excel when the moment is too high? That's the narrative we're going to start, the greatest bases loaded pitcher in baseball. That's where we're going to have to start. All right, all right. I'll take I, it. I want to talk I want to talk about Bobby Witt, though, besides the fact that he's dead to me. I want to talk about the fact that Bobby Witt is probably going to be one of the best players in baseball for, like, the next 15 years. And I talked about it with Amir, and he just said, Bobby Witt, like, the moment never gets too big for a kid like that. What have you seen from the minor leagues, Bobby Witt, to the big leagues, made Bobby Witt, that makes him so different? I think he's just like so. He's mature. He like, like he's twenty two years old, but he's like so mature beyond his years. And I think um, I think AG talked about it a little bit, but like having his dad, who was obviously in the big leagues for like fifteen years or something, I think he's just done a really good job of like preparing him for this. And I think they knew probably had a pretty young age that this was going to be a possibility so I think whatever his dad did worked and like he's just the most like humble like 22 year old like phenom that you can know well he's just so like his mental side of the game obviously he's got all the physical attributes but like his mental side of the game like stuff he can recognize is just ridiculous compared to some guys it's wild you see stuff that other guys don't see and obviously you got a you got a chance to face the world series champs last year in the astros what in your mind what makes that team different is it the the way like they approach their at bats is it the lineup is it the bullpen like just you being an observer and facing them what makes them so good yeah i mean i think it's, i don't know it's just like weird on um sometimes because like we will play them and like we may take a game or two and it's like it doesn't feel like you're that far away from those guys, but at the end of the day, it's just like, I think like, yeah. So say for instance, I threw well that game and like, yeah, we may have beat them, but then I went out the next week and probably give up six runs, but whoever faced me that night probably went out and put up another two spot or whatever. So I think it's just like, I mean, obviously they probably have a little more experience in their lineup, but also just like consistency. I think it's, you go anywhere, it's all some everybody say the same thing. It's just being able to go out there and repeat it. And I think that's probably just what it is, maybe a little more depth as well. But um, I think it's really just like small things in baseball. And if you start clicking at the right time, anybody, it doesn't matter who you are, has a chance to win it, which is crazy. Yeah. I, yeah, that team is just unfucking believable. But I, 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 yeah. we'll, end, we'll end it off with a couple things here. I want to talk about the shift. So obviously, they're implementing no shift this year, and the bases look like fucking bouncy pads 
Um, what do you think the changes like? Do you think the changes are good for the game of baseball, like banning of the shift and uh, the pickoff rule and all that type of stuff? Like, where do you stand with that stuff? I mean, I think sometimes you just need to leave it as it is, but. I mean, I under I don't really have a problem with the bases. Like they say, it's going to prevent more injuries. That's fine. Um, but some of the other stuff, like the pitch clock, like thankfully I don't have an issue with it. But I know like some some guys are probably going to have an issue with it, and like it just sucks that a an at bat or like a big moment in the game can be ruined because somebody didn't have their batting glove on in time. Like it's just kind of stupid in my opinion. But um, it's weird. But I think at the same time, it's just kind of the way the game is going now, they're just trying to change everything. But Yeah. I mean, that, that's just, uh, I, I like the whole pitch clock thing. Cause you have some guys on the mound, like Chris yeah. Bassett, who's on the Jays now. He takes an yeah. hour to pitch. Like they call him the human rainbow. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the pitch clock either, but it's just going to really piss guys off. And that's how they get out. Or that's why they get a ball called on them. What about the challenging thing? Because you got to see that in AAA, I believe, right? Or was that Fall League where the uh, the batter no, tossed I think his it was in it was in AAA, but I think it was in the the other league. It was in the PCL, not the league I was in. So we didn't have it, but I think all AAA I think has it this next year. Okay, and also Amir told a story about when he was a rookie that you have to kind of earn the umpire's respect. Did you have any games this year where you didn't get borderline pitches your way, and it's like? this is because I'm a rookie or something like that where you have to earn those strikes or whatever? Um, I mean, I think you definitely do. Like, well, I mean, I've just tried like from day one, like even if it, I think it's a strike just to try and, you know, maintain my composure and never try and show up an umpire. I think honestly, that's the biggest thing at this point is not, like AG said, like you're just trying to earn their respect. So the last thing you want to do is like show them up as a, as a rookie that they probably just saw your name whenever they saw the lineup card. They probably like don't have any idea who you are. But if you do something like to show them up, then they'll probably remember you forever. And then like you get on the get on the wrong side of things. But you just want don't want to do anything to get those guys any further off of your side. Do you have any funny Zach Granky stories from your time with Granky? Because Amir said he uh, he went he paid for like a pretty sick rookie dinner in uh, Toronto that you got to miss out on. You hate to see it. Maybe I could have filled in your spot there, but what's like some funny <laughs> Zach Ranky stuff? Uh, like just some stuff, the way he approaches a starter, like what's like a funny Zach Ranky story you have? Um, I'm trying to think of a funny story. Um, I mean, he's just a, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's just, um, he's a character. He's got a little bit different personality, but he's hilarious. And like, that's just the way, the way he operates. And like, obviously he's, on his like almost 20th year or so uh, whatever he's doing is working, but it's just kind of surreal to be able to watch a guy like that, like go about his business. And it's like every, every week, like he knows he like, isn't going to really overpower guys. Like he knows, he knows who he is as a pitcher now. And it's just impressive to watch like how he adjusts from like week to week, like whether it's tinkering with a different pitch or like, he's just trying to figure out the smallest advantage to get guys out. Um, so he's really just like a an artist kind of. He's just like finds like tiny advantages and goes out there and will just do it for the entire game. So it's pretty cool to watch. But I'm trying to think as far as like funny stories, um, like I mean, the first like, time you met him. It's just the first the first time I met him. Um, well, so we had a uh, he invited some of the pitchers over for dinner to his house in Arizona. Yeah. So this is like. 
five of us, I mean, at the time, like all of us were young guys. I think we had just traded away a couple older guys or something. So it was kind of all these young guys and we're like, we're about to go over to Zach Greenkey's house for dinner. Like, this is pretty crazy. (laughs) And he, um, we go over there and we get there and he was, this is, this is funny. So we get to his house. Like, obviously we're just like, it's just this massive house in Scottsdale, like unbelievable backyard. So we walk around the back and he was like, it was pretty close to dinner. Like we were expecting that we were going to have dinner over there. And so he was like, um, you guys hungry? And uh, we were like, yeah, I mean, we're good right now. Like whatever, but maybe we can get some food in a little bit. And he was like, all right, well, good. Cause I just ordered a bunch of chicken, but it's not for you guys. And we all just like, we're not going to be like, all right, like kidding me. But we were all just kind of like looking at each other, like, okay, like what are we supposed to say to that? Like he ended up ordering us food later, but we were just kind of all kind of like looking at each other. Like, what are we supposed to say? Was he like eating in front of you? Oh yeah. He like got it ordered in and then it got there and he was just eating it in front of us. He was like, yeah, I ordered some chicken, but that's not for you guys. We can get you guys something later. What a legend! Uh, that's just the, yeah. that's just Zach Ranky, man. That that is all time. He's, he's, yeah, he's awesome, man. And like, just like being able to sit next to him in the dugout, like talking, listen to him go through like a lineup before a game, and just kind of just because he's seen everybody for so many different years, so it's like hearing him the way he like go through scouting reports and stuff is just super cool to be able to see firsthand. Yeah. What about Salvi? Like, what's your relationship like with Salvi behind the plate? Like, what makes him, do you think, like, what? what's the reason he's been in the league for so long or just what makes him such a good catcher? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a great catcher, but he's also just, like, the best. I mean, he's a, such an awesome teammate. He's just, like, I mean, if we had, like, a captain, like, he's definitely a captain of the team. He just kind of takes charge, and, like, when Salvi goes, we go. So it's, like, kind of, like, um, he's just – always super high energy. Like, even if, you know, things aren't going great, like he's always um, trying to get you back to whatever, um, just settle back in. But, um, and then like his knowledge too, I think is what makes him so good. Like just knowing how to call a game and um, doing it as long as he has, like going through a pregame meeting, going over a lineup. It's like, he doesn't even have to look at his, well, he does, he watches more of his preparation, especially for a guy who, I mean, I think this is like his 14th year. Uh, he prepares like it's his first year. Like he watches more video and like studies the game probably more than anybody else on the team, which is pretty impressive for a guy who you think may not, you know, like he's always been around for so long. He doesn't do that anymore, but it's pretty impressive just how much he cares and how much he puts into it. What a legend, dude. What he is. Yeah. He's something special. I, yeah. And lastly, we'll end it with like just you seeing all these guys on your team. I, I talked about this. I think I was texting you about it. I was sitting with a family I forgot what family I was sitting with. He made his debut in Toronto. Fuck, what's his name? He's like a second baseman. Oh, the Royals? Yeah. Um, Massey, maybe? Yes, I was sitting with Massey's family. Like, just seeing all these young guys that are studs um, playing, like, with the Royals that are coming up, that are finally making their debuts. Do you, as a player, realize, like, how special that team is going to be in a couple years, just with all the young guns you guys have and all that type of stuff? Yeah, obviously that's the that's the hope, and it's like pretty cool just because we've kind of all came up like playing with each other somewhere along the road, and for our kind of all of us to be getting up at the same time, it's pretty cool, and I think it'll definitely help like the chemistry, and then obviously having the veteran guys in place that we already do, and some of the guys that we brought in, I think it'll be a really good kind of 
just to bring everybody together. And like you said, if, if, um, you know, everybody starts performing, like, I think we got a legit chance to be pretty good here within the next, hopefully sooner than later. But, um, yeah, I think it's exciting times if, you know, we can all, we can all stay around for sure. How about Marshy, eh? Alec Marshall, future yeah. game guy made the 40 man. That is all yeah. time right yeah. there. Yeah, dude. He was, uh, I mean, I think he like maybe led the league in strikeouts last year. He's just got to get the, uh, the walks runs down, right? out a little bit, but yeah, yeah. He's, he, he, he throws he's nasty. gas. He throws gas. Yeah, he throws, he's got unreal stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's going to be sick. So, Looking at the schedule next year, I mean, you guys play so many teams. I talked about this on the with the, with the Jays. Like, there's so many games of teams that you won't, uh, you like, you haven't played in a really long period of time. Like the Royals haven't played a really long period of time. What is like one thing? Oh, yeah. What is like one thing you're looking forward to next year to change? Like, because obviously you're battling for a starting spot. Obviously, going into spring training and stuff like that. Like, what's one thing you're looking forward to next year? Is it just to kind of be able to compete and stay up there? Or like, what what's one thing you're looking forward yeah. to? Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I'm focused on right now is obviously I got to make the team first, but then just, you know, trying to eliminate the ups and downs and just, you know, kind of solidify. And obviously I know it's it's hard in baseball to really like get comfortable and settle in just because it is so transactional. And, you know, obviously until you're really tied down, you know, you can just kind of get moved up and down. But I think like after last year, I realized like me at my best, like if I can – take care of my my stuff and like do what I know I can do like I think if I don't make it and I did that then like I think that's like you know all I can ask for but I do think like when I do perform at that level I think it's good enough to be up there so hopefully hopefully we'll see what happens but either way if it's you know half a year or whatever just stay consistent and try not to try not to get too caught up in all that and just control myself and let the rest take care of itself I think you should become a chain guy are you a chain guy on the mound? Like how, chain I mean, guy? Yeah, you don't wear any chains on the mound. What's up with that? Maybe get some fucking like, tattoos. Like, like let, let's get some flavor here, Easily. What are we doing? I have a little just like yeah. You need me to get maybe I need like a full arm sleeve or no, something. No, you need like a half arm sleeve. Just let it eat a little bit. A left arm, the the, the catching arm, just left just arm. a little thing. Yeah, yeah. All I mean, right, no right. flavor there. You don't got any chains going. Like well, what's going on here? You're just like just you, I don't white know. collar guy. White. Co- I can go back. I can like maybe do something with the hair. Maybe unbutton some of the buttons. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at pictures of you here. You got full button up fucking jersey. What's up with that? Maybe unbutton <laughs> one button. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Loosen things up a little bit. What's the deal with the number? Are you gonna keep 49? What's the deal with that? I don't know. We gotta change know. that, well, right? Like, like, let's was, look at some of the potential. I was 85, right when I got like when I first made my debut, and I honestly probably liked that a little bit better than 49. But I just walked into spring training and I was number 49. But you got at the go end of the like day, 45 or 45. Taylor Clark's already that number. I'm trying to think like 32, maybe like more of a pitching number here. You don't know any of the legendary 49s. Uh, who who else is number 49? I ever played baseball. Let's look at that. Let's look at that. I have, Players I have that no idea. 49 in MLB. This, I mean, this is a short list, right? Um, players that wore 49. I don't I mean, know why sure, it says like, Babe Ruth. Um, let's go. No, yeah, I that's just not Ruth, true. Babe 49. Ruth was like number three. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there. I'm looking at this list. There's not anyone recognizable on this list. Maybe someone's yelling Besides. at the radio right now that there is, but I, there's no recognizable <laughs> 49s. Like, 
we ought to go like 32, maybe 33. I don't know if there's a 33 looking at the roster, but 32 is a good number. I don't know. I mean, you're I think, uh, I think you're a big a... prospect for them. They got to give you a good, better number. I'll take whatever I can get, to be honest. 49 is just, man, like I was going to order a Heasy jersey, but I'm like, ah, I don't know if I look good in 49. That's not a slim number. <laughs> like 49 is not a slim number. I mean, we got a, like no, 32 not... maybe, but 49 is like the number of alignment. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, we got, we got to like look into back. that. We, we got to look into that. We'll, we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. Maybe you just kind of just put on a jersey on uh, spring training, just change it up. But how, how fired up are you for spring training, man? I mean, I know a lot for a lot of the veteran guys, like these games kind of mean nothing. But for a guy like you, who you said is kind of on the cusp and like trying to make the team and stuff like that, how, uh, how pumped are you to just be playing meaningful baseball against big leaguers to make a big league team? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited, and I know it's going to be competitive. So, um, I always enjoy that, and obviously the weather. Um, we had like a huge ice storm last week in Dallas, so I'm ready to get get out to the to the nice weather in AZ. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And like you said, it's just cool to be able to be on the same field as some of these guys. And hopefully, hopefully, I run into Kyle over there. And since he's in Oakland now, he's in Arizona for spring training. That'd be sick. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm excited, ready to get going. I'm gonna it's make like, this announcement you know, right now. If Kyle pulls a Heasley, which is what we're going to start calling it, and doesn't invite me to his wedding, he's dead to me. That's that's where it's called the Heasley where I'm from. He's dead to me. Wow. I'm a wedding guy now. I'm going to a wedding this weekend in Vegas. I, I'm a wedding guy. All right. I'm all in on the weddings now. I was in Texas two like weeks it. ago like or a month ago, sorry. All right. Georgetown, Texas. You ever been to Georgetown, Texas? Georgetown. Yeah, I think I played a uh, football game there in high school, actually. Yeah, George, little Georgetown, Texas. That's where I was last time. But anyways, he's, man. I mean, oh, you're a show guy now, private jet flying. I mean, listen, the, I, I got to tip my yeah, cap. Give me a break. When we had you on here, you were just that little blue-collared guy we fell in love with. Now you're just the show guy. <laughs> now you're just the show guy. But I'm pumped for you, man. It's it, it, it's cool seeing one of my good buddies, like, uh, just playing the show. It's sick. It's all, it's cool to just throw I on the TV. It. It's, good to throw on the, it's cool to throw on the TV and just watch that. But what a journey it's been. It's not over yet. Hashtag the marathon That's continues. Right. The marathon continues, Absolutely. but I'm pumped for you, man. So keep doing your thing, brother. I'll be looking forward to it. And by the way, the Royals come to Toronto in September, but we'll figure something out. I mean, you guys play in Detroit, which is like three hours from me. So I'll probably drive down that. We'll have to link up this year for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll be down there. I'll come down to Detroit to watch you play, but keep doing your thing, brother. I appreciate you coming on this again. This, I think this is like your third or fourth time. So I'm pumped for you, man. Yeah. And uh, best of luck going on to spring training. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll come back anytime. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. <laughs>